Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me is Cliff DeCamp. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America, they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation, and history proves it. Yet, even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our Constitution still left you with the freedom of choice and religion. Thank you for joining us once again on the podcast. We appreciate your support every week. We hope that you will share it with your family and friends. Ask them to subscribe so every week you can get truth and common sense as to where America is, where it's headed, and what we need to do. And this is a critical, important time. We're talking about freedom. I mentioned two podcasts ago, the first covenant that was made when Moses went to Egypt and told Pharaoh, let my people go. And then they went into the wilderness at Mount Sinai as where they began their walk with the God that blessed the nation of Israel and separated them from any other nation in the world. He made a covenant with them. And we talked about how over time that they faltered on that covenant and then they lost their support of God and they were captured and taken captive by the Assyrians, the northern kingdom, and later then by Babylon, the southern kingdom. And I'm not going to go into all those details. I'm just giving you a quick refresh so that you can remember where we're at and where we're going. And it's important for you to know that because on this journey we're taking about freedom in the next couple podcasts, we are going to give you some very critical information as to what needs to be done, if anything could be done, to keep America free. As I've told you before, this nation was established on Judeo-Christian principles, the principles and precepts that were found in God's holy word, the Bible, and it began with the Mayflower Compact. Before they ever set foot on this continent, they began to seek God and his guidance for this nation. Did they get it perfect? No, but it was the foundation that they used to establish what America became in the Declaration of Independence, and then our United States Constitution. But since that time, we have strayed, and we're going to share more with you about that and how we're off track and what we need to do if this great republic we call America will still be free and will even continue to exist as we've known it. Cliff, I want to talk about some current things here real quick. And there's a bill that came out of the Senate that they're trying to get the House to vote on. And I'm disappointed in Mitch McConnell. We're always disappointed in him and some of the Republicans that supported this bill. It's $95 billion that will go to Ukraine and that it will go to Israel and it will go to other foreign identities. And we really don't know a lot about this bill, but I know that Speaker Mike Johnson uh, has been insulted and slammed by the Democrats for saying that it's going to be dead on arrival. They're not even going to look at it. And he's getting all kinds of flack. But ladies and gentlemen, we need to pray and stand with Speaker Mike Johnson. You know what? It's easy to go with the flow, but it's hard to swim upstream, especially when there's hundreds against you. But the hundreds against you that proclaim they're right when they're wrong doesn't still make it right. And we need a man potentially like Mike Johnson, a man we're looking for. And it could be a woman, I don't care, but somebody who will stand will be a 21st century patriotic minute man or woman that will go upstream and fight and make the stand that's going to have to be made 
to get America back on the right track. Now, Cliff, we've heard a lot of rumors about this bill. One of the things you hear, and you can't believe anything unless it's proven to be fact, and we don't know this for sure, but some of the things that are being said is that they're trying to hamstring the future administration that comes into office and having to maintain the support for Ukraine. Like I said before, there's some funny things going on here. We know with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, their involvement in the Ukraine, and then Donald Trump before he left office and trying to get them to look into the things that were going on with the Biden family. I really believe that President Zelensky is not clean in all this, but a lot of this may be to keep the cover-up going on what may have happened with the Biden family, Ukraine, Russia, and China, and on and on and on. And so I find it interesting that they may be trying to continue the support and tag the next president, whether it be Trump or whoever, with having to be obligated to this bill. And, and I just think it's dirty politics. If they want to pass uh, support for Ukraine and Israel, fine. Let it stand on its own. Don't make any attachments to it. I know you do research on these things, so I'm going to defer to you, who is our legal expert on the American Constitutionalist about this bill, but just something doesn't smell right. And, and right now, he hasn't proven otherwise. I trust Mike Johnson, and, and I think there's some things out there that are going on that, that are pretty sketchy. So how I view this is that, uh, you know, we the first bill that they tried to push through the Senate was $111 million, or $111 billion, I don't know, billion here, billion there, who knows. Um, but it, it was a larger bill than the current one, and it didn't pass for a whole host of reasons. This one, they just cut it down to like Ukraine funding and uh, Israel funding and a few other uh, minor things. And um, like you, I've heard that there's a uh, time bomb in this, if you want to uh, call it that, which basically is uh, handcuffs on the next administration that they uh, have to go through with the funding. I'll be honest with you, I'm not sure that that's constitutional, first of all. Um, that, you know, you can't force one administration to, uh, in the future to do something just because you decided this in the past. So I'm not sure that it really makes any difference one way or the other if we do that. But I want to step back for a second and take a look at the whole picture here of what's taking place because I, you know, listening uh, to uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, interview with Putin um, and and some of the things that uh, Tucker's talked about relatively recently uh, on things that he has learned over the course of the last uh, few years and our involvement with the Ukraine um, is this. Uh, it, it seems to me as if there is uh, that we're not being told the truth about what's going on in Ukraine. I mean, we really? get very, very limited information um, and and everything, if you were to look at the media, and I, I suspect we're gonna see this occur, no matter how much money we dump into that country, they're eventually gonna lose the land um, and, the, and the Russians are gonna take it over because contrary to what the media wants you to believe, the Ukrainians really aren't winning that war. Um, yes, they're doing a lot of damage to the Russians in limited areas, but they're not really winning the war and they're not going to be able, even with our help, they're not going to be able to, uh, to force Russia to, to leave the, the land and they're, they're losing people. And you just have to keep in mind, 
you know, you got Russia with all of these resources and uh, and all of these personnel and the, the fact that they can draft people into the army and put, you know, millions upon millions of people uh, into that war if they wanted to. And it's almost an endless supply of people. The Ukraine does not have that endless supply of people, has a limited population, and eventually they're going to run out of military age males. And then right. what are they going to do? The next step is for them to ask foreign countries to come in and send troops. Uh, and the U.S. would be one of those countries. And so, you know, I, I think this is a slippery slope that we're going down. Uh, and that the uh, intention is to try to draw us more deeply into that conflict in a more direct fashion than just giving money and, and arms and things of that nature. So that's something that we need to, to keep in mind. Um, now, the 111 uh, bill, billion bill that went uh, under didn't get it, get, did not get through the Senate. It had stuff about the southern border in it, but it wasn't really good, our southern border. Um, but it wasn't really good stuff that was uh, that was positive. So, for instance, um, in what I understand about the bill, it it was there were some things in it that they said would result in asylum claims being shortened from uh, several years to six months. So that was in there, but but there weren't other things in there that were uh, sort of a requirement of uh, what the House of Representatives was asking for. And, and the other thing I guess I wanted to make a point about is that the members of the House of Representatives had said already, I mean, the Speaker of the House had said, listen, you know, if you're going to ask us for more money for Ukraine and for Israel, we want to tie that to certain things taking place at the border. So right. the Senate decided, oh, we're just going to dump this money into this program and this program and this program. And that's not what the House of Representatives was wanting. I think Mike Johnson, what he wanted was, we agree that we're going to start to enforce these laws, that you know we're going to have something in this bill that says that these laws will be enforced at our southern border and our northern border, all of our borders. And uh, it's just an enforcement of laws that currently exist on the books. We're going to start enforcing those. And if we fail to, to uh, stem the flow of people because we're not really enforcing these laws the way they should be, the way they're written, that we're going to say, okay, that Ukraine money, you can't spend all of it until these things are done. You can spend a part of it while you uh, start to straighten things out at the border. And then if you accomplish these things, then we'll release the remainder of the money or release the next round of money and so on and so forth. I think that's what the House of Representatives was looking to do. And of course, the Senate was just like, they completely blew that off. The other thing that I wanted to point out to you, and this is uh, this goes back to the very beginnings of the Constitution and what's happened since the country was formed. And that is every appropriation bill, anytime you're spending money on anything, those bills we're supposed to originate in the House of Representatives, yes. not in the Senate, not Correct. through the president. They were supposed to be originating from the House of Representatives, and we have allowed that to be changed. The, right. the Senate now puts forward bills. The House uh, does too, but the president puts forward bills, et cetera. That's not how it's supposed to work. 
These are supposed to originate in the House of Representatives because that's the body that's closest to the people, uh, having been, you know, they represent a smaller portion of the entire U.S. population, each representative. So that's why that was done that way. And we have, for some reason, decided that we're going to circumvent that. That, you know, no one even looks at that part of the Constitution anymore or gives it any weight whatsoever. And it should be that all of these bills originate in the House of Representatives. End of story. You know, Senate can uh, take the same bill that the House passes it, send it over to the Senate, and then they can propose changes to it or whatever. And it can uh, go back and forth between the two bodies and eventually come up with something that's acceptable to both. But they're supposed to originate in the House. This bill, neither of these bills, the one that was rejected already and the current one that was passed by the Senate, neither of those bills originated in the House of Representatives. They should be rejected outright just for that particular reason. Now, the House of Representatives can take a look at what the Senate has passed and say, oh, yeah, this is good. That's not, you know, and then say, well, your, your bill is entirely rejected and this is what we're starting with. Um, and this is, uh, you know, we're following the Constitution by uh, by originating that bill here. Um, but, you know, the process has been bastardized and uh, and it really should come to a stop. We shouldn't be allowing uh, the, the U.S. Senate and the president from introducing legislation in this fashion. I mean, it'd be very simple for a senator to contact a member of the House of Representatives and say, hey, listen, this kind of bill needs to be passed and I'll help you write it. But, you know, it needs to originate in the House or the president to go to the House and do the same thing. That's perfectly legitimate, but they should be originating in the House. And that's what we're here and all about, the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. Congress is not doing their job. They're acquiescing it to everybody else, bureaucracies, the Senate, the president, and everybody else. Why? Votes. They want to stay in control. They want the money. They want the power. And they need the votes. And so they distance themselves from their responsibility so that they can get those votes and they don't have to make a stand. And there's not a line drawn in the sand that may come back to them when election time comes. That's why you need to call Mike Johnson's office and tell him that he may be there swimming upstream against a couple hundred. But there's millions behind him that want him to fight for we the people. That's why we say that we need to go back to the 17th Amendment being repealed because the House makes a proposal. It goes to the Senate where there are senators appointed by the states, and then the states have some say in this and control. And believe me, that'll throttle a lot of this stuff down. That'll cut out a lot of this pork, these omnibus bills, and all this waste, all this extra stuff. And we will see some clean bills getting through the United States Congress. We have to get back to that. And what happens is people lob on these different things, projects they want so they can get votes, and it's tagged on with money for Ukraine, Israel, and other stuff. And there's so much waste in there, it's incredible. And it's money that's being spent outside of America when we need to take care of stuff inside of America. We do need to take care of the elderly, our senior citizens, our veterans, take care of Medicare and Social Security and people that are truly poor and have needs, kids that really do need food on the table. Those are the things we need to do in America. 
And most of all, what is happening right now is we need to secure our border. And now Mayorkas and the president are saying, oh, this is Trump's fault. Oh, this is Congress's fault. Everybody's blaming everybody. But if you look back to where we were when Biden got into office, we had things in place to throttle down those people coming across our border illegally. We've got to get back to that. And Cliff, you're going to see a lot of stuff coming out of Washington, smoke and mirrors and lies and deception. And the grand old press that's supposed to be the ones that are asking the hard questions are not asking the questions. They're acquiescing and promoting the lies. Some of the things that come out of Washington, you better be careful when you hear them. Scrutinize everything. Don't believe anything. You have to research. You have to find out what's really going on. Sometimes you have to wait a couple days or weeks and let things start to flesh out so that you can know what's really going on. I find it interesting that the uh, Intelligence Committee tells the president that some information needs to be released to Congress about a threat to the United States in space. Okay, what's that threat? Well, if we have a threat from outer space, it's either something's going to come down crashing into the United States or anywhere in the world, and there could be something on it that could be detrimental. There could be another country that has something in space, like Russia or China, that can take out our satellites or can attack us from space. Or maybe they're right. In Area 51, there's UFOs out there, and they're coming for us. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, when they say these things, be careful. And I find it interesting that they bring this up right now when they want Congress to vote that this might be potentially a thing that Russia has stuff they can use against us in space. They're going to nuke us from space. So we've got to pass this bill. We've got to get money to the Ukraine to stop them and fight them. Well, guess what, folks? They'd be stupid to do it because we have stuff in space. We've got stuff under the ocean. We've got stuff around the world that if they or China, anyone attacks us, we're going to put a dent in them too. We've got to wake up. We've got to fight. We've got to smell the roses. And we've got to find people like Mike Johnson. And I'm not saying uh, I'm truly behind him. I'm saying the jury's not out yet. He seems to be heading the right way. But we need men and women who will represent us in Washington who are not afraid to fight and do what's right and do what is according to the Constitution. You know, the, uh, the thing about the southern border is, you know, first of all, uh, we've talked about this before, uh, we'll repeat it now, and that is that we don't really need any new laws. We just need to enforce the ones that are in existence. Yeah. Uh, because, uh, you know, you, you might want to have a new law that says that if you come illegally into this country and you're removed and you come back a second time, that we're not going to treat it as a small minor matter, that we're going to make it a felony with some really serious uh, punishments attached to it. But you know, that we do have the laws that are in place. What is happening and the reason why the border is so uh, porous is that, number one, they're not being enforced. Number two, we're taking all of the resources that are the Border Patrol resources, et cetera. And by allowing all of these people into the country and having to process them and then having to give them court dates or times when they're supposed to uh, come back and, and uh, be processed, further through uh, whether they can stay or have to be removed and allowing them to then go across the country. We spend so much time with our people in these administrative jobs, uh, you know, with all the paperwork to keep these people in the country. We should be turning them away at the border and, right. and not allowing them to come in. 
and uh, only a limited number of people come in through the appropriate uh, venues and not just anywhere. And then uh, we should not be having, because in addition to doing all the paperwork, they're doing things like, oh, now we have to provide facilities for these people. We have to oversee these facilities. We got to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for these people while they're you know, being detained at the border, et cetera. We shouldn't have to do any of that stuff. Uh, all of those things should be, uh, you know, cut out by just keeping these people out of the country to start with and allowing only the ones in that we want. If you go back in history, um, you will find that this is this, you know, back when the country was originally founded, there were a number of people that were coming into the country that were kind of flooding in and they basically said, so the time out, time out, we're going to start controlling the population coming in. We're not just taking anyone. You know, we're going to put certain restrictions. And what were the restrictions that they would put on these people? Number one, they had to be healthy. Number two, they had to be self-sufficient. Right. They had to be able to earn their own way and not be uh, uh, on the public dole or whatever kind of uh, services were out there at the beginning of the country. I mean, there were they were they were talking about the same things that we're talking about now, and they knew how to handle it back then. And now suddenly we're like, oh, we've got to be, you know, super nice to these people and allow them into the country. And no, we don't. And even Democrats up to a few years ago, they were all for keeping all of these illegal immigrants out of the country. But then it hit them that these were potential Democrat voters and that they could maintain their power by allowing these people to flood into the country, get on the voter rolls, become citizens possibly, you know, declaring amnesty for all these people, suddenly they're citizens and they can vote and they're going to vote Democrat. So, you know, that was, and the same thing holds true from back in the day when we first formed this country. The people that were coming in were voting for more liberal policies. They were also not people that were going to be working the land like most of the country was. They were wanting to go to the cities and they were wanting to, uh, you know, work there, not go out on farms, not be involved in agriculture, et cetera. And they were voting for very liberal policies where they wanted money from the government for this program and that program, et cetera. That's what they wanted. And that's the re when the rest of the country that was already here started to see what was taking place. And they said, time out. We're going to start to control the population coming in because we're getting people that are not, don't think like this, aren't, don't have the same ideas that we have don't have the same goals that we have. We need to, to limit those people. The same thing occurred then as is occurring today. And the big thing behind that cliff is there is a cancer. The radical left-wing communist, Marxist, narcissistic, euphoric, Democrat party, that's the cancer. And this cancer is spreading across the host, the United States of America. And it is eating itself, and that's what they don't realize. These things they are doing for money, power, and control for those votes is eating the host and killing the host. They will burn this nation down to rule over the ashes. But it may take chemotherapy to heal this nation. And anybody that's been through chemotherapy will tell you that it brings you to the threshold of death before and if you make it back. And that may happen and need to happen to America. They are destroying 
the United States of America. They have prostituted themselves for votes. They have opened our borders and they are destroying this nation from the inside. I'm going to share with you in upcoming podcasts about a KGB agent, what he said 39 years ago, what can be done without having to fire a shot into America to destroy America, and it's happening. And as we've said, we need immigrants. We are a nation of immigrants. We are a melting pot, but it was organized. It was controlled. Now it is chaos and confusion. And one of the greatest problems, Cliff, in this great United States of America where we have freedom, the opportunity to pursue life, liberty, and happiness, is that they're allowing these people to come in and they're bringing their cultures and they're contrary to the United States culture of patriotism, to the Mayflower Compact, to the Declaration of Independence, to the United States Constitution. It is gone by the wayside and they are destroying America. We don't have civil education. Our kids are being brainwashed in the schools and they don't know the truth on how this nation was built as a Judeo-Christian nation. A nation founded by a lot of Christians and Jews and some unbelievers on the precepts and principles of the covenant God made with Israel that they used to develop and design the laws for this land so we can be a moral, just, and free society. And we have left that. As I've stressed many times before, they did not say you had to be a Christian. They did not ordain a national religion. They gave you that freedom of choice. But they knew with all their heart, mind, and soul that if we didn't abide by those principles, we would get to the place we are at today. So going forward, we'll be talking about the same topics in a lot more detail. We're going to be talking about freedoms. We're talking about the erosion of those freedoms and how to get those freedoms back. So it's critical that you join us every week and you do as I ask. Share this podcast with as many family and friends as you can and join arms with us so that we could make a dent in America, that we could make a difference that we could find those people to go to represent us that are not afraid to swim upstream and fight the good fight for your freedom and my freedom and the generations to come. Pray for America. Pray for Mike Johnson. Pray for the president and other people. Pray that God will expose evil and it will be confounded at every turn that it could not stand, that the light will shine in the darkness. We need you to stand with us at the American Constitutionalist, spreading this word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.